I'm Andrew McNulty. Welcome to the Rise podcast series. For the last 25 years, I've met the best guys and girls around the world in regard to resilience, well-being and leadership. I've been educated by them, coached by them, inspired by them, and certainly I've learned a huge amount by spending time with them. In this podcast series, you're going to get a download from those people. I hope you get educated. I hope you get motivated. I hope you get inspired. And yes, I hope you get activated to doing things differently in terms of your resilience, your well-being, and your leadership through adversity. Now more than ever, we as leaders in our own homes, in our own communities, in our teams, in our organizations, in our global companies, or in our small companies, we need to be more resilient. We need to become better leaders, and we need to rise higher. On the Rise podcast today, we've got Katrina Steady McTeague. Her highest passion is high performance and teaching people and coaching them how to achieve high performance. She's a senior manager of learning and development at Rathion Technologies. She's formerly in a role in performance and resilience in a coaching role at Northeast Performance Institute. She's one of the most humble people I've ever met, and she's incredibly strong in the areas of resilience, well-being, and high performance. Katrina, you're most welcome on the Rise podcast. Thank you, Enda. I'm super excited to be here and to have a conversation around resilience and well-being. A lot of our listeners, Katrina, wouldn't really know about resilience and well-being. How would you summarize it in a simple manner? What is resilience in your estimation and what is well-being? Sure. So, I mean, I think whenever we talk about resilience, we all understand the basic concept of it's bouncing back, right? We face adversity, we take a risk, and we come back from it, right? I think that's just what we know. Um, And I think, too, it comes with failures. It's putting yourself out there. It's failing. It's making a mistake. It's learning from it. Because with failure comes growth and development. And that is resilience, right? Um, And I also mentioned risks, right? I think that sometimes we don't think about resilience when it comes to risk, but it's being vulnerable and putting yourself out there to do something new, to do something different. And that is also going to add to your resilience. So that essentially is what resilience is. I think with well-being, it's taking care of yourself, which also ties to resilience too, right? But understanding what you need to do to rejuvenate take a time out because we know we bring our best selves when we take care of ourselves. So that's kind of what I see resilience and well-being as. Well, you've made my life very easy in this podcast today, Katrina, because we could spend the next 30 or 40 minutes just on what you're after saying. I'm inspired already. You mentioned bounce back ability. I remember 12 years ago, Katrina, being in Arizona, delivering a resilience masterclass. And one of the gentlemen at the end of the day said, Enda, can you make resilience very simple for me to understand? Because I want to educate my child about it. And I said, it's bounce back ability. So I love the way you said it's about bouncing back. Can you talk to us a little bit more detail about that, Katrina? How do we help people have the ability to bounce back? Sure. And that's interesting. You know, we thought very early on with research that resilience was about being invincible and invulnerable. And we thought that for decades, and that's not true, that we can actually learn and teach resilience. 
And um, I will tie in, I think um, there's a lot of researchers out there like Marty Seligman and Dr. Karen Rivich who have done a lot of research around resilience. Um, and with that, they found that there are tangible skills and competencies that are really the building blocks of resilience that we can teach it. And they've create, created curriculum and content and actually taught it to children, to teachers and to even soldiers. And I think that's where I learned about it when I worked with the army, I was a contractor and I had the opportunity to be taught directly from Dr. Karen Rivich and her team at University of Pennsylvania of what resilience is and how we can teach it to others so that we can learn to bounce back in those stressful situations. Whoa, you are teaching resilience to the army? Tell, tell me and tell our audience a little bit about that. Sure, so I had the excellent opportunity to work with the army for about five years as a Which army, the Irish army? The, the U.S. army, the U.S. army. So I worked with the U.S. army for about five years. Um, and I actually started in uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. So I am uh, originally from Connecticut. So I, I had the move to the, the South in Kentucky, very different environment there. If you've ever been to uh, the South in the U.S., um, so during that time, I um, did two things with the soldiers. So part of my job was the sports psychology piece of it, which is my background, what I went to get my master's in. And I would work with soldiers, whether it was rangers or helping them kind of train for their light fighter school. So prepping for ranger school, prepping for combatives, prepping for aerosol or rifle marksmanship, right? So talking them through confidence, focus, energy management, right? So all those things with the sports psychology piece, that was part of it. And then the second part was the resilience component. So like I said, Dr. Karen Rivich and her team put together this curriculum and they worked with the U.S. Army to teach the soldiers these specific skills. And me as a contractor, I was trained by their team so that I would support these train the trainers. So some days we would get in front of 180 soldiers in one room and we would teach them about these skills. It was about a two week long program for the train the trainer. So first week they learn about these skills. Second week, the soldiers have to teach back the content because we're giving them this information as leaders to now go forth and use the skills with their soldiers or also teach the content, right? So that is a lot of what I did when I was working with the army. Now, this is getting really fascinating. How could somebody who's a specialist in sports psychology and mental skills training be impacting some of the toughened, let's say most resilient guys and girls in the US army and on mental skills? Talk to me about how that helps them focus in combat and then please bring it back to somebody in an executive role in a global technology business or maybe in a global pharmaceutical business. I, I think I agree with you. And, and having worked with soldiers, it, it was an honor, right? These individuals are super tough. They do things that some of us would never dream of doing, putting themselves in chaotic situations, putting their lives on the line. You know, when they sign on that dotted line, like their lives are now like the army. And they are deployed and they're taken away from their family for months, you know, almost a year at times, right? And they don't get to see maybe if they have children, see them grow. It, it, they miss out on a lot, right? And that does contribute to their resilience. 
Um, but I think too, with the skills we were teaching them, it was also a culture transformation. And if you think about the US Army, it's this uh, almost command and control type of situation. And, and they still do have some of that, but with these skill sets, it really maybe added to the human side of leading others that we need to have psychological safety, we need to have trust in our leaders, and we need to have skills to bounce back. And it's okay when things are a little crappy and you're not doing so well, and it's okay to say that, and it's okay to ask for help. I think that's a big thing too. I think still just a stigma in general in our society is like, it's not okay to ask for help. And you know, I think that these skill sets help soldiers understand how they can ask for help or what skills are out there for them to pull at in their toolbox to maybe bounce back a little bit faster than they were used to. Katrina, you mentioned earlier on chaos that the army and the soldiers encounter. In COVID, we're all going through chaos as moms or as dads, as young executives. People on the front line, I guess, are going through the same chaos as soldiers on the front line would have went through in wartime. What advice would you have for those ladies and gentlemen, Katrina, who have gone through chaos in almost all aspects of their lives? You know, what you're explaining and what the army would call it is this VUCA environment. Is that something you've heard of recently? <laughs> so the VUCA environment is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And I definitely agree with you. We're all going through it. And there's different levels and intensities of it. And depending on what your environment is like, some people have their children home with them and they're homeschooling them remotely. And maybe it's four kids and they're also having to work remotely and take calls. Or others of us might have a sick family member living with us just because we wanted to make sure they were safe. And that wasn't the case before. So we're now having to juggle all these different stressors and things that we never had to before. So it makes sense. And I think in the very beginning, I, I was hearing someone speak and I can't remember who it was, but they almost referenced it as in the beginning of the pandemic, it was a sprint. We were all like, shoot, we got to figure out how to do everything in a remote environment. We got to change things. Let's go fast. We got this. And we figured it out, we were resilient. But now all of a sudden it's like, this is dragging and it's not a sprint, it's now a marathon. And you have to think of it that way, right? You have to think about, well, what do I need to do to rejuvenate, right? What do I need to do to get some water? <laughs> what is rejuvenation? Katrina, what is rejuvenation? Explain that Yeah, so I think that's different for everybody and you need to identify what that is, right? So rejuvenation is, like I'm saying, taking the time out for yourself and making sure you pause. I think uh, for those of us who are working remotely, it's very hard for us to unplug. We've now blended our lives that our work life is now in our home, like our computer's there. My computer, I don't know if it, this is for you, but there's the light on the computer and it's in my, my room here, this office. And if I walk by the door and that light is blinking, I feel like it's calling me. It's like, come here. <laughs> and I'm like, just stay away. It's so hard because it's just been blended. And we need to be accountable. You need to take a time out. You need to take a break. You need to go take a walk, go outside, go be with nature. That's going to help to rejuvenate. And, and there's many studies that really show that that's true. Or exercise, take 
30 minutes out of your day, exercise, that's going to give you some rejuvenation, right? And I remember something you said to me eight years ago. I actually applied that in some of my coaching techniques with a global female CEO. She was exhausted and burnt out. And she came to me expecting to get a vigorous training program and a physical and mental training program. And I said to her, for the next 21 days, this is a laid out a 21-day program for her. On day one, it was take a 90-minute hot bath. That was my advice. So I guess that's what you're saying a little bit on the rejuvenation. Take some time out. You can't bring the laptop to the bath. That's the, always the good news. That's right. So your environment matters, right? So separating yourself from that. That's one thing, right? Um, something else that, that comes to mind is just filling your joy bucket. And I think this goes back to Marty Seligman's work around gratitude and just having more compassion for yourself and being thankful and spending the time to do that and, and appreciating those things. So what do you need to do to fill your joy bucket? And it is again, challenging because we are maybe limited to all the things that we enjoy doing because we're quarantining or you know social distancing, but you need to find whatever that is to fill your joy bucket. And you know it might be connection. And I think with resilience, we know that people who have a strong connection are more resilient. So you have to also rely on those people that bring you joy and fill your energy bucket that you, you know, you, it's contagious. Just talking to them for 10 minutes, you get off and you feel inspired for some reason and you're ready to go. And maybe you make that a habit that every day you have that one or two people you talk to that inspire you and give you more of that energy to, to bounce back and be resilient. What a message. What a message for our listeners. Fill your joy bucket. Find something that fills your joy bucket. I'm loving it. Katrina, also you mentioned in that VUCA world, you mentioned and, and laced in the mental skills, the focus, the, the sense of almost energy management. So how would you advise a young woman, maybe with three or four young children at home, as you said, maybe a vulnerable parent in the home as well, what practical advice would you have for that young woman, maybe an executive working for a global company, or maybe she's working on the front line managing nurses or doctors in a very challenging environment? What advice would you have for her? Yeah, so I think it is very similar. Um, but one thing that comes to mind is the emotional aspect of it all. Um, so yeah, we want to cue into those positive emotions. But I think it's also important to talk about the elephant in the room that, yeah, it sucks. And we're not doing so well, right? And we want to experience that emotion fully. Some of us might feel like we have to hide those emotions and push them aside and, you know, show your kids no fear, like you're good to go. But over time, um, and actually there's a book called uh, The Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by the Nagoski Sisters. And they talk about the power of emotions and how we have to feel and experience an emotion fully, like go through a tunnel of that emotion in order for us to get over it. Because if we're locking it in and we feel that guilt, that pressure, it, it, it is pressure. And that's what leads to exhaustion. That's what leads to burnout. So we need to accept the fact that it's a little crappy right now and, and talk about that and accept it and be able to move on. And, and I think that also helps when we talk about connection, find your squad. Who are those people that might be going through the same thing? They have their kids home and, you know, you just want to talk it out and 
want to talk about how maybe your husband is getting on your nerves or your spouse, <laughs> well, call them up and talk to them because you're only seeing your spouse every day and you got to see and talk to somebody else, right? So I think those are, are some good suggestions. And Katrina, you mentioned earlier on about, you know, you have to go through that emotion and experience it fully. I love that wisdom, by the way. What advice would you have for those men and women that perhaps on the outside pretend that they're tough, but on the inside, they're really crumbling? Yeah, and you think about the impact, like I said, it leads to that exhaustion. Um, there was a research study done that, that really showed this to, to be true, where they took these individuals and they had them all watch these very sad video clips of animals leaving their young. And maybe it was because of a natural disaster or an oil spill. And um, they split the group in half. And beforehand, they did a grip strength test to test their grip strength. They did it before and they did it again after. But half of the group, they told, listen, while you're watching these videos, you can't show any emotion. You got to hold it in. Just watch the video. But the other half, they were told just to react how they saw fit. Whatever happened in their emotional state is fine. And they found that those individuals who held in their emotions when they were tested the second time to test their grip strength, it actually weakened. And that goes to the exhaustion piece that it takes so much energy, so much self-control. And we only have so much self-control, right? And focus, right? So it takes too much of you to hold back those emotions. So I think that's number one, especially if we're trying to perform our best, we're trying to bring our best selves. We can't if we're doing that. The second piece of it is that human aspect. We got to be transparent. If we continuously hold in those emotions and we don't really show what we're feeling, then the people around us might feel that way too. And that can impact trust. But if we, we show, yeah, like I said, it sucks and you're honest about it, then other people are like, oh, well, she's actually human and you know, it does suck. I'm glad I, I heard that from her and it's okay to show that it's tough right now. So I think that builds connection as well. So that would be my recommendation that there are some negative impacts to not showing those emotions. You mentioned a book earlier on, Katrina. I know you've read hundreds or maybe thousands of books about resilience and well-being and coaching and performance and mindset. What would be the best book you've ever read in this subject and why, Katrina? You know, thinking about that question, I want to just say many books. So <laughs> I'm going to try try to narrow this list out here, but I would say the Bible of resilience for me is the resilience factor. And that is by Dr. Karen Rivich, who I mentioned earlier. And I think it's Andrew Chate. Um, and that just has the basics of resilience. I think a second one would be micro resilience by uh, Bonnie St. John, who is a para-Olympian skier. And she's, I think, like the face of resilience. She's been through a lot and I've actually heard her speak live and her story is phenomenal. It just shows you, yeah, fall down, you get back up and you keep going. So I think those would be my go-to when it comes to resilience and well-being. So your top tips again for staying resilient and I don't call it a VUCA world, Katrina. I call it a VUCA world on steroids. What's your top tips for staying resilient? anybody almost in any walk of life, where would you start? You know, kind of summarizing the things that I talked about as like the big themes. I think number one is that connection, right? Who are those people that are in your support system that you need to make a connection with? 
The second one, like I brought up is rejuvenation. What rejuvenates you? What gives you energy? What fills up your joy bucket? Um, and, and I think that that also goes with the exercise piece of it too. And I think it's also, and maybe I didn't mention this, but I think it's also self-awareness. I think it's just knowing, you know, are you okay right now? <laughs> and I think it starts there because yeah, we're saying it sucks. And I think this goes back to the emotional piece. If we continuously ignore that, then we're not self-regulating and we're not going to rejuvenate. So I think it starts with self-awareness to know where you're at now. So you know what you need to do to be more resilient. So I would say it would be those three things. I love the simplicity and the clarity of those. So Katrina, very often people don't know when to show the vulnerability and when to step up and be resilient and mental tough. What's your advice on that one? Number one, it's self-awareness, knowing yourself and, and your own communication styles and behavioral styles and who you are your best and in those stressful situations. And then secondly, is the external aspect of it, knowing your team, knowing your audience, knowing those people who you lead. And that takes time because you got to get to know them on another level. You know, what, who are they in stressful situations? Who are they at their best? And understand their behavioral styles and communication styles so that then you'll know also when they're coming to you, what do they need from you? Do they need you to listen in that moment? Do they need you to also be vulnerable and maybe be relatable and share something about yourself? So really understanding and having more empathy for those people you lead once you get to know them. One of the very strong things, Katrina, coming through all of our audio series so far is the word empathy. How do you think we can develop that empathy muscle in, in a virtual world, Katrina? Because it's more difficult than me sitting with you over a cup of coffee. How can you teach people to build that empathy muscle? Number one is listening. You have to listen to those people around you. And so often when we're in conversations, we're just thinking about the next thing we want to say and are not actually being present. And I think to your point in this remote environment, we're more likely to multitask and people can tell when you're not listening to them and that's going to break the relationship too. So I think number one, if, if anybody leaves this podcast today, they should just listen more, right? The second thing that you want to do is celebrate and pay attention to successes. I think uh, it was Shelly Gable who did some research on relationships and how we respond to people matters. And, you know, we asked the question, are you there for people when things go wrong? Yeah, we're, we're here for you right now, of course. But the biggest question is, are you there for people when things go right? And that can make or break the relationship. So paying attention to your team and, you know, those people you support and are there things in their lives that are going well, or maybe their son or daughter went to or got into a college and you remember that and you relive that experience with them or they got promoted or they're expecting, you know, there's so many little things in their personal life that are good that you want to rejoice with them but also even just their small successes. We need to recognize and give effective praise more often so that we build that connection through joy. And I think lastly, to build empathy would be to ask the right questions to get to know them on a deeper level, right? I think we ask, how are you doing? Well, we know they're not doing well. So don't ask that question, right? So <laughs> instead ask more specific deeper <laughs> questions to get to know them, right? Like, how is your family doing right now? 
Or what is one word to describe your current state? Because then you, you can really understand that one word can tell you a lot. Oh, you're frustrated? Tell me more about what frustrating means for you. So I think it's those three things, right? Listening, being able to really rejoice in their wins, and then lastly, asking them for their perspective a little bit more. So what's the last word and piece of advice from Katrina Steady McTeague for all of our listeners around the world in terms of their resilience and well-being? Sure. So, you know, I think a big theme throughout, you know, have those connections, rejuvenate. Um, and, you know, I don't think I brought this up, but with this world feeling like the days are blurring, things are always the same. You know, I challenge you to go try something new, go do something different, try something that will give you a different experience. And that will also give you a little bit more joy and rejuvenation. There you have it. From Katrina Steady McTeague, yes, go and rejuvenate. Yes, absolutely. Try and practice those mental skills and focus Katrina spoke about, but most importantly, invest in your resilience and well-being every day. Katrina Steady McTeague, it's been a complete pleasure. Thanks for your time today, your energy, and your amazing advice. Excellent. Thank you so much, Enda, for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation, and it's been a privilege to be here. Thank you. You've been listening to the Rise podcast series, helping you to develop your strength, leadership, and resilience in these remarkable times. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Andy McNulty. Thank you for listening.